Alpha Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And Hyundai's seven-year warranty on SENSA. The Round Ball with Dom and Dodsey. Yes, it is. And welcome back. And it's nice to have your company. I hope you are keeping well and you're looking after each other. We're here for Hyundai, of course. They're generous cash back across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Even under the circumstances, they are open for business. And, of course, uh, it's time for... Oh, yeah, it's time for our Aussies Abroad. This is my favourite. I think it's your favourite segment, isn't it, Trav? Absolutely. I love it. I love all these Aussies Abroad. Do you really? Not, not much happening. Aussies well, Abroad. there could be. Thanks to Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. Yes, it is. Thanks to Flight Centre. Best in the air and everywhere. And remember, we are here thanks to Hyundai. Now, a little goes a long way with Hyundai too, Trav. A generous cash back across petrol and diesel SUVs. Now, and the Aussies abroad, we've got one that is abroad, an Aussie, and that is Tim Cale. Didn't give the A-League a very big rap. He said it was very hard to watch, the A-League. Well, I think this... Give us some context, though. Why did he say it was hard to watch? He didn't say it's because of the... Didn't have a TV? No, I don't know. Yeah, well, and or internet, and yeah, hey, so internet, watch it. internet maybe being cut off That's over there. That's maybe what he meant. It was yeah. hard to watch because he no, couldn't get it. Yeah, I think he's uh, he was referring to the fact that uh, finances are so tough uh, within the league, and and he also uh, related it to the to the lower leagues in in the UK as well that. Because of the the salary caps and constraints, and mind you, he's only said this in the last couple of days. So I think it's also uh, in reference to coronavirus and and the fact that broadcasters uh, this uncertainty there, uh, salary cap restrictions that uh, yeah, it is just becoming a, a little bit too difficult with all of the off field dramas um, pre yeah. um, stopping the league, but. Um, you can sort of understand where he's coming from. You can. Well, he did play, obviously come back to play for Melbourne City and uh, didn't get on with it. What was the coach's name at the time? Warren Joyce. Yeah, didn't get on. Well, Warren, I don't think he got on well with anybody, did he? Because uh, he also lost Fauna Rowley. Tim Cale wasn't happy He liked happy Michael Valkanis. Did he, did he like Michael? Yeah, he gave uh, Michael Valkanis big raps. Oh, really? Because uh, Michael took over the reins uh, uh, at Melbourne City for a short time. Oh. And, um, yeah, uh, Tim Cahill was singing his praises. Actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, I think he did. He said he was one of the best coaches he's ever had. Yes. Talk about politics. Is he serious? <laughs> I mean, nothing against Michael, mean? of course. Nothing against Michael, but really? He might be. He says the right words, doesn't he, Tim Cahill? Well, he might be. Oh, I mean, it's not like he's got to say that to, he to could. get his spot in the team. Well, no, he doesn't, but it's always Goodness good to keep sakes. good with a coach. You, yeah. are, I well, remember you selling is, a few porky pies with uh, Cozzy and Aurelio just to keep I, a spot. You know what? I can't understand um, you know, with Warren Joyce and, and how that ended up with Tim Cahill uh, just sitting on the bench for so many games and just turned sour so quickly. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand it because he's such such a, he's still good enough to play in the A-League. Yeah. Uh, but Warren Joyce, for whatever reason, just uh, didn't see eye to eye with him and you know, just... Uh, very sad way to end it. It was terrible because he was good for the A-League, brought a lot of publicity to the A-League, especially with the media because they loved Tim Cale, didn't they? They'd always keep an eye on him when he was overseas. He came back and he was giving the exposure that the A-League didn't wasn't getting because there wasn't any marketing dollars spent, so uh, it was kind of just self-promotion. Tim but Cale's there and away he goes. The uh the FFA paid, uh, they contributed to his wages. So they kind uh, of paid for marketing then. <laughs> well, they, they did. But uh, in that sense, I think Tim Cahill has been one of the biggest marquee players yeah. that, that the league's had, yeah. uh, aside from Del Piero, who was phenomenal. Fair a few, uh, Dwight York, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you that maybe next week's show, if we can, who do you think were the best marquee players uh, the A-League has had? 
since its inception in 2005. So do a bit of homework between now and next week there, Trent. Really? Homework? Yeah, homework. I haven't done homework for years. And it's showing too, trust me. Plenty of years. Yeah, all right. Now, speaking of uh, people and coaches, uh, we're gonna, we talked about the A-League, about Aussies abroad, and that's all thanks to Flight Centre, best in the air and everywhere, and Hyundai's generous cashback across all petrol and diesel SUVs. Uh, let's talk uh, locally in the NPL. Of course, that's uh, uh, gone into hibernation as well, and we thought we'll catch up with the uh, coach of Campbelltown City. Not only was he a coach of Campbelltown City, he was also the uh, assistant coach at Adelaide United and the coach of Newcastle Jets. So he's been there, done that in a nice way, and that is Phil Stubbins. Phil, thanks for joining us tonight. Boys, good afternoon. How are you, Stubbs? Eh? All right, Stubbs. Yeah, not bad, Travis. All good, mate. <laughs> uh, Phil, so uh, I guess off the bat, how are you keeping yourself occupied with uh, no football? It must be killing you, surely. Yeah, it's a bit surreal, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> you know, we had a a new academy about to start, Dom, uh, which was a, a week away from starting. And then, obviously, we got this, you know, the self-isolated and everything sort of went into lockdown. So, for Campbelltown, for the academy, um, and to a lesser extent, Prince Alfred College, there wasn't, you know, nothing for me to do. So, it's never been like this before. It's all um, certainly unprecedented times for a lot of us. And um, I think we're all trying to do with it as best we can. Absolutely. You've just taken over as head coach, too, of Campbelltown City. Just starting to eat your yeah. teeth into it, and it's all come to a grinding halt. Yeah, that's right. And really enjoying it as well, Dom. Obviously, we all know Joe Mullen, and what a terrific guy, and, and great job that, that Joe sort of did at the club. And um, for myself to go in there last year and, and be privy and part of that with Joe as, as the head coach at the helm um, and seeing how things were done at the club, you know, behind the scenes as well as on the coaching front, and with a terrific bunch of boys, I have to say, it's been a, a great transition for myself and a very fortunate opportunity. And I'm, I'm thankful for Joe you know, bringing me in and then also giving the opportunity to work in the game again with, with a good bunch of kids um, and a good sound club. Well, uh, Stubbsy, we haven't had a lot of football to talk about. Uh, there's been a bit of controversy, uh, I guess, surrounding Campbelltown with uh, the McCabe twins uh, wanting to, to leave uh, on the eve of the, the season starting. Is, uh, is that going to be resolved? Uh, have you talked them into staying or are they set on leaving? Well, they'll go, Travis. Um, look, it was, a, it was a funny sort of chain of events that, that eventuated and I think they come as a package Travis being yeah. totally frank and, yeah. and out in the open <laughs> in this one um, you know Hamish was, was probably the one that we had our eye on to, to come into the team yeah. obviously with ourselves losing in the, the five players that we lost we still needed to infiltrate some new blood into the group um, and the McCaves were, were, were good at that and um, you know I think perhaps if they felt you know one of them wasn't going to get a game um they decided to do what they do, and we wish them well, but they certainly did it, at, for me, the wrong time. Um, and I've never really had a conversation with either of them, Travis, since they've left. So, look, it left us a little bit short. There's no doubt about that. Um, but football is what it is, and we all mm -hmm. have to deal with things as we go along. And, um, you know, we've got a very strong group, although it's a little bit smaller than what it was. We'll, uh, we'll see how we go. Did the uh, McCabe twins come with a set of steak knives, by the way? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that, Dom. Okay. Hey, Stubbsy, tell us. Uh, tell us a bit more about this academy that was uh, that was about to get started. Yeah. Look, uh, having an opportunity at the Australian Institute of Sport, Travis, and then taking over this Australian College of Sport here in Adelaide. You know, I had three years on the educational front, and given a chance to put a, a curriculum together, um, pretty much build a program at the Australian College of Sport, it got me thinking about trying to do it in a more comprehensive way other than just a standard academy. Um, and that's what I got put in place, and I was very excited about that. We got a group um, together that was going to go ahead with it. 
And then in October, we were due to go overseas to the UK and on a tour for three and a half weeks against professional football clubs. So it was certainly an exciting proposition and I was looking forward to getting my teeth into it. And um, unfortunately for the boys, myself and, and people involved in the academy, um, you know, the coronavirus has come along and, and put it on hold. So we're working in sync with the policies and protocols of, of FSA. And, um, yeah, we're just on hold and things until uh, things change. Was that running in line with uh, what you were previously doing with the College of Sport in that it was uh, education-based yeah. as well? Look, correct. There's no diploma attached to it, though, Trav. So, uh, obviously, we're doing it at a far lesser uh, monetary um, yeah. sort of frontage, yeah. basically, for the players. We did it on the cheap. And um, they'll get all of that insight. They'll get all of that education that the diploma w was probably offering, and then probably more so. Um, look, and I think it's actually a good opportunity to speak about the Australian College of Sport with yourself, Travis, because you've got a couple of the boys um, within your own midst at Metro that were part of that. One is Hamish Gow, and the other yeah. one, uh, in a briefer sort of spell with the club, is, is Kyle Kraut, yep. who both were, I think, got a hell of a lot of um, knowledge from, from what we brought to the table at the College of Sport. And it wasn't just on the footballing sense, Trav. It was, it was more about the psychological aspects of the game, the, men's, the mindset, the mentality that you need to bring to the table in order to be successful. And, um, look, you'll know all about that, Travis. I think, you know, we, we spoke with Don before about Champions League um, campaigns, etc., etc., and how we got to where we got to. And that wasn't for the fact that we didn't have a very strong group with a, with a strong mindset. So it's certainly something that's very important for the game. Um, and I think it's something as an appendage into development of young kids that I think we need to look at, other than just the football and the small-sided games, etc., etc., that come on a technical front. I think we need to look at the broader area of how kids do actually develop and how they actually learn. Yeah, yeah very important. In fact, I uh, think uh, Mark Viduka made comment on that, that we're just not teaching kids at a young age here anymore in Australia, and that's uh, why the quality uh, of football is mm. the way it is. It should, it's not where it should be. Do you agree with that? Well, I agree with that, yeah. I think you just need to look at the stats, Dom, and then that gives you the picture of where things are at. You know, you've got the Olympic teams that struggled. You've got the Joeys. We've got, you know, not qualifying for World Cups in the youth, um, which was unheard of for us. So if we were able to do it back then, you know, we're not able to do it now when we're supposed to have progressed, then there's obviously an issue with that. And um, look, I think it needs to be looked at. I think there's some quality people out there um, as Baduka said, you've got some certainly massive experience from, from people involved at the game at the highest level. Travis, another one of those that's been involved at the highest level in, in this country. How are we actually educating the kids if we're not exposed to having some sort of transparent conversation and then structure of how we actually put things in place to develop our kids that are able to go out against the Brazils, Uruguay, whoever they are, and be able to hold court just exactly with the parity that we expect. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just before I let you go, Stubbsy, I spoke to Bruce. We spoke to Bruce Jute earlier uh, about yeah. the impact of uh, of the coronavirus with Adelaide United and the A League. What about Campbelltown City and all the other MPL clubs, for that matter? How are they going to survive all this? And uh, do you think there might be some clubs that might not even survive and fold by the end of all this? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question, an interesting one, and obviously a, a question that was paused on the eve of of getting. Uh, you know, the directive from Michael Carter at FSA. Um, okay, what do we do now? I think, you know, for our club, Travis, and you might have done things different, but we just put a program together and got the players to adhere to that program that we felt was was in place to, to keep the conditioning to a certain level prior to the kids coming back in. 
but obviously that date from the 14th of April has been pushed to the end of May. Um, so look, there's, there's, the sands are shifting all the time, Don, in terms of how we actually prepare the boys for when they come back. Because we don't have a definitive timeline, it's very difficult to, to keep the, the players sort of not only in sync with the programme that you put in place, but also motivated. Um, so there's a lot of things that are up in the air. You can't have these group meetings. You can't get together. You can do things through, obviously, text messages, etc., and emails. But um, it, it's certainly a surreal time for, for all of us. And I think the teams and clubs that come through it as best prepared as they possibly can for when the teams are allowed to get back together and then the league restarts, they'll be the ones that are best prepared for however the league concludes at the end of the year, if it does, and then how strong some of these clubs are going to be with wages, Dom. Do we pay the same amount of wages? Do we pay them per game? Mm. If the season's condensed to two and a half months, how do the clubs find sponsorship money, commercial dollar? How does it all impact on, on everyone that's trying to, at the end of the day, pay the players for paying uh, for, for playing games? Yeah, I think uh, you're right about that. I think we'll have to um, hit the reset button at the end of all this and start from scratch, I reckon. All right, Stubbsy, always good to have a chat to you, mate. You always, always make a lot of sense. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Stubbsy. All good, boys. Take, take care. Take care, yeah, buddy. Boys. That's the uh, Campbelltown uh, City uh, coach, uh, Phil uh, Stubbins. And, and it's true, I guess that not having a timeline of when you can start makes everything difficult because you just everything just is on ice. It is. It's crazy. We gave our players, a, a Metro Stars, a four-week running program, which obviously they're through now. But how long, how long can you keep sustaining that, asking players to go out and run three nights a week yeah. by themselves? It, it is just so hard, like uh, Phil said, to keep them motivated. Yep. And then the biggest, the biggest thing is paying players when they come back because the juniors have paid all their fees. Now, you can understand that parents may want their money well, back. Well, they will have to want their money they, back. I be, don't blame them. Because yeah. they're all in a, the, the crunch now. Sponsors yeah. may not be in a position to pay their sponsorship funds. So the, the questions that Phil raised there about how we pay the players when we come back, whenever that is, is, is a huge one. And unfortunately, uh, if if we are to play this season, uh, all all things point to players uh, like everybody else around the world having to take uh, pay cuts as well as coaches. Yep, I think you're right and that's what will happen and like I said, it is the reset button. we just got to start from scratch and I think players, coaches, whoever, if they want clubs to survive, they've just got to bite the bullet and say, okay, it's one of those unfortunate things that's never ever, ever happened. Uh, we'll have to start again for the survival of all the clubs, especially in the local NPL. All right, we're going to take a short break. And on the other side of the break, where we've spoken A-League, NPL, we're going to talk about the women's game and uh, we're going to catch up with the Adelaide United uh, W-League coach, Ivan Karlovich. Of course, their season uh, finished uh, <laughs> well earlier than they expected. They didn't make the finals, but we'll have a chat and see moving forward uh, what his plans are for Adelaide United in the W-League. You are listening to the round ball game with Dom and Dodsey. Back right after this.